Welcome back to Atlantic Baptist Stories. This week, you'll be hearing from Dr. Roger Can, a former Canadian Baptist missionary to India and current member of Wolfville Baptist Church, Nova Scotia. Roger shares about the experiences his family had serving in India, including some of his wife Sadie's work and his children's experience attending boarding school. After I had failed my senior year at Acadia, I ended up back in Sydney and was well-received in the church, and you might say I was rescued by my wife. I volunteered to serve as a speaker at the mission in Grand Lake Road. I had to as it were, reestablish what it was that I wanted to do or what God wanted me to do. At Acadia, we had outstanding staff at the Divinity College. Earl Merrick, Earl had been missionary in Bolivia. Earl had a Sunday morning class on the history of missions, and that really me and gave me a direction for everything that I would want to do in the in the future. Uh, Sarah Corning, also known as Aunt Sarah, she maintained that she prayed every night that I would become a missionary. So how are you going to book that? My wife Sadie grew up with retired missionary on her doorstep. She was ready to serve overseas as well. So we made a pact that, okay, let's go. Why India? Reading and studying William Carey's initiatives that he took was, again, just the sort of thing that I I needed. In the world that William Carey understood, again, what I had seen as well. India was probably the largest non-Christian sort of country that you could possibly go. And so you're not going to make a big splash, but you want to make a significant one. When we were appointed, I had yet to be ordained. It was a rapid succession of being appointed as missionaries, being ordained, and then A week later, we sailed from Montreal. Now, the mission board people thought that, yes, I needed to be put on the straight and narrow, and so they gave me three books. These were major missionology of the day. So that was for our trip out. I had books to read. So that was the training so that by the time I landed, I had as much training as I possibly could handle. And we jumped right into language school to learn the Telugu language. And having already learned English, French, Latin, and Greek, I thought was, yeah, let's, let's try this one. Yeah. Later, when I was on the staff of the Canadian Baptist Ministries, that was one of the key things that we would work on, and I had developed a program for training of missionaries to go overseas. There were 88 
large group, and we would have once a month a day of prayer. So not all could be able to travel to a central point. So you tended to have a day of prayer with uh, missionaries who were in neighboring uh, stations. They were called stations, yes. And so you got to know those people exceedingly well. There was always more than enough administrative tasks. We had uh, leprosy hospitals. We had bookstores, reading rooms, and we had six outstanding hospitals. And at one of them, at Pitalporum, a training college for nurses. So there was a, there was always a, 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 as it were a hunt for people that would administer. And so I was involved in managing a leprosy hospital from day one. I had hardly sat down and made myself comfortable when the doctor in charge of the leprosy hospital had me come. And it was kind of fun, too, because we would be learning the Telugu language, and there's nothing like uh, children or young people to laugh at your mistakes. They would, they would tell me what was the wrong thing that I was saying, what I should say. And these were leprosy patients or their children. The convention had been in formation for 50-some years, but when India was granted independence in 1947, the Baptist churches in that area formed a convention. They then turned around and said, okay, missionary, you, you are the field minister for this area, so you're the, the older brother of all the ministers in this immediate area. So all of a sudden you'd find yourself with more responsibilities than you may have really appreciated. But we were up against Lutheran territory, so the Lutheran missionaries were from Western Canada. We got to know them exceedingly well very early. Also, the German mission, we had very excellent relationships with Lutheran missionaries from Germany. After the first five years, I was commissioned to head up a radio program. So we established a recording studio in Vijayawala, and the programs that we produced in the Telugu language were then sent overseas to Sri Lanka, to Ethiopia, for broadcasting back by shortwave into India. Reception was marvelous. The Ethiopia station could bounce Telugu programs off the ocean, and so they came in brilliantly clear. 
and shortwave was very much the listening of Indian personnel. So I was asked to head that up. We didn't know how to do it, but we did it anyway. When we we had our eldest son was born the summer that we were appointed and ordained and sent off. So we had our first Christmas on board ship, and we hung up a, a stocking at the porthole for our son. Sadie's responsibility were primarily as mother. We had child two and child three, and so during those years, her responsibility was primarily within the missionary community. She learned the language and was brilliant in it, and she also managed a, a guest house in Madras. She was on, you might display, 24 hours a day because there would be Indian people that would come to visit and they would want to ask how to how to raise children and, and so she would be involved in, in that. She taught French at the Roman Catholic College and when we went back in 1958, I was in charge of building cyclone shelters, and so Sadie undertook to establish community health centers. She, re she recruited some 35 village women, and she organized a training with them, and they had an excellent relationship with Mother Teresa's group in Calcutta, Sadie made use of those as her instructors so that the community program, community health program would grow. We were able to establish that where there had been terrible uh, flooding. More than 15,000 people had been drowned, most of them children, and so she was in that particular circumstance, for her to recruit the women who served as voluntary health workers was relatively easy because they were motivated to do the best for their health and the children in their villages. She ran into difficulty with Indian men in which she went to one of the village elders and said, okay, where are the women from your village? They were supposed to be here for this training program. And he said in so many words in Telugu, they're only women, they couldn't possibly learn anything. So she used a couple of words that I wasn't sure that she knew what they were in Telugu. And chewed him out as for not allowing women to come to the program. That program has continued since 81. They have a training program for village voluntary health workers that Sadie had 
put together early with the help of Muriel Bent. Muriel Bent was the encourager. She was in India when we arrived, and we were took language study with Muriel, and she's just down the valley at the moment in in Middleton. So we're still maintaining that relationship with Muriel. Muriel worked with Sadie in the health program. Sadie's formal training had been in uh, x-ray. So that's one of her contributions. When we have young visitors and our children around the same table, they will recount their hilarious life in boarding school. I can't imagine them being that happy about about it, but uh, they were 800 miles away, and it was up in the mountains, beautiful climate, and they went to school with a missionary children from several different lands. We had Canadian Baptists on the staff of that school, an international school, which was in the English language. That was necessary if you think of it. You're you're taking your children to a foreign language. You may learn the language, and they will pick it up as they, but if they're coming back to Canada, they need facility in English, and they need to be, as it were, trained in the Canadian educational system. Otherwise, they'd be at a terrible disadvantage any time that they came back to Canada. And you try to make it as happy and as profitable experience possible. You had to think in terms that they would not stay on in India. They would be returning to Canada. So... In one way, they were greatly disadvantaged by going to the boarding school. In other ways, they were enriched and given a a gift of uh, relationships, international relationships, that would be desirable for any and all children. We we realized that by choosing to serve overseas, we were depriving our children of something, but we were giving them something different. After 12 years, we came back to Toronto. I was taking special studies in the United States uh, with the intent of returning to India to head up a communications college. And our eldest son began to demonstrate mental illness, and therefore we had to, as it were, realize that he needed care more than anything else. So we settled in Toronto in order that he would have the best of care. He's He lives with us now. He is very happy in Wolfville. Is there more appreciation of people with mental illness? No. There is still 
over anything of that sort. There's a lot of talk, but not much doing. When I was in Toronto, I was involved in several fundraising projects, and so I brought that experience to Wolfo, and we raised enough money to alter the front of the church, and then a couple of years later, we raised enough money to replace the furnace. Within the community, we established a peacemakers, we called it. We trained people in dispute resolution, and we not only did that for churches in the Annapolis Valley, but we also did it for the the hospitals in Western Nova Scotia. So that our program of peacemaking was very well received. In a number of the Baptist churches here in the valley, there were squabbles and and carry on like you wouldn't believe. You'd think that Jesus had no idea what was going on. Anyway, so we established peacemakers, and within seven of the churches in the valley here, we carried out a, a series of meetings that would allow for disputes to settle. And we made sure that nobody won. If there was a battle, nobody won. Don't take votes. Baptists tend to like positions. And then when they have a position, they like to make the, the decisions. Whereas what I'm used to is letting everybody sit around the table and we work on things together, but anyway, that's that's a philosophy, you might say. I thought it was Christian. The joke is, if you have two Baptists, you've got two opinions, two points of view. If you have five Baptists, you've got five points of view. Anyway, we we need to work a lot better at working together. I've never been much for obeying the people in charge, you know. and I think that's that's a good Baptist trait that you need to respect yourself and your own understanding and how it is that God is leading you. The whole idea with Baptist circles is that if you were to suggest that you be a uh, a clergy person. The process is that you offer yourself and let other people judge as to whether that they're, you have the gifts or not. You don't, as it were, assume anything. You, you prove it. This episode is drawn from a longer conversation Roger and I had, which you can find on our project website at acadiadiv.ca slash Roger also mentioned working alongside Muriel Bent in India, who I had the privilege of interviewing earlier this year. You can check out her episode on the podcast as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.